Good day, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Spotlight Mining Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Hardy, and today I've been joined by Anil Vadeh from Step Gold, who have a project ready to go into production early next year in Mongolia. How are you today, Anil? I'm, I'm great. Thank you, Liam. That's good to hear, Anil. So for our listeners, could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the company? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my name is uh, Anil Varach. Uh, I'm an executive VP and director of Step Gold. Step Gold was uh, founded uh, as a private company just over two years ago here in Toronto. We went public uh, this year on the main board of the TSX. It was actually, I think, so far the only main board IPO in the mining space for 2018. We raised $25 million uh, at the end of May. And uh, we're actually currently building a mine in Mongolia. So uh, Step Gold has actually two assets in the company today. Uh, the first asset um, that was uh, acquired in, in the company was actually um, an asset called ATO, Alton Sagan Ovu, means White Gold Hill in Mongolian. And uh, it was previously owned by Sentara Gold. And so Sentara spent um, just, over, just under 30 million US on the project. Uh, drilled 67,000 meters, 28,000 meters of trenching, uh, fully permitted, uh, fully licensed, um, and actually did their own internal feasibility study on on the on the on this project, uh, which entailed building uh, a heap lead CIL and flotation uh, kind of all at once. And what we did at Step Gold, uh, with a very strong geological and exploration team we have in Mongolia, including Matt Wood, who's a geologist by trade, who founded the company. Uh, we reviewed all that data from Sentara and kind of uh, did two things. One is we, we wanted a stage approach for putting the first oxides into production. So instead of building a, a much larger plant, we wanted to build a, a smaller heat bleach project first uh, for 20 million capex that we're building today. And actually, uh, as per the news release yesterday or the day before, you know, we're, we're getting there. Uh, we're almost complete and, and, and still trying to get everything done by the end of the year and uh, ideally under budget. So a stage approach means less capital, but it's a very robust little starter project where the cash costs are 350, life on mine strip ratio of 0.66. Um, so a very good starter project that actually could fund further exploration and feasibility work on the sulfides underneath. And so the second thing we did, uh, besides uh, kickstarting this, this this development of, of the heat bleach operation, was look review all of the exploration data. I mean, Sintera did a very good job of a of, of acquiring the, the all the data. Um, they had two exploration teams working on, on the project. Um, and just half a kilometer away from uh, the ATO project was this Mungu discovery. And it's a high-grade uh, gold and silver discovery. Um, so we, we focused a lot more on, on actually looking at uh, Mungu that's close by and seeing if there's um, any connection to the ATO project. And that's where we think we've had I guess an expiration win on that side is the ATO pipe four Mungu looked to be actually part of the same 20 kilometer mineralized structure. And so today, uh, you know, we've drilled almost 20,000 meters since taking over the project from Sentara. And that's uh, 20,000 meters on top of what Sentara already had right now. That's correct. Yeah. So, we're, you know, close to 90,000 meters drilled on the project, which gives us a much better uh, view. Um, and we'll have an updated resource, an initial resource next year on Mungu, which was never even in, in any of their feasibility work or even in a resource. Um, and, and so that's some significant value add, I guess, uh, from since we took over the project. 
I think that's a pretty good um, review of the company there, O'Neill. You've taken over from Centera based on their strong results at the, the project. You've come across a new deposit through drilling, through extensive drilling um, in the region, in Mungu, and now you're in the process of building you know, a producing mine. Um, what might be really interesting to our listeners is if we talk a bit about Mongolia. Um, it's way up in North Asia, uh, supposedly the most remote place on the planet, uh, some regions of the Gobi. What's it like to operate in uh, as, a, as a mining company? I guess for, for North American investors, I mean, um, it's for, for where we are. I mean, uh, our ATO project is in the easternmost province of, of Mongolia uh, in Dornode. Uh, it's, uh, it's off the main highway. In terms of weather, I think it's similar to an Edmonton, an Edmonton in comparison. Very cold in the winter, but you still get summer-like conditions in the, in the summer. And you can actually work all year round and actually run a heat bleach operation all year round, as there has been two other heat bleach operations in Mongolia. Um, in terms of Mongolia as a country, it's a population of about three and a half million people, a very large landmass, and majority, about half the country lives in, in Ulaanbaatar, and the rest of them are spread out across the country. Uh, so it's a, it's a relatively underexplored, uh, what we think is the last frontier market. It's the size of uh, Ecuador and Peru put together. Um, there's large copper porphyry targets and deposits, as world-class, as we know, from uh, Oyotoko. Um, and with the, that usually comes large gold epithermal deposits, and that's where uh, Step Gold is focusing on, on building a, a mid-tier precious metals uh, producer solely focused on Mongolia. And is it a politically stable region? Yeah, I was just saying, Mongolia as a country, is uh, it's a democratic country. I think it's, it's, it's still relatively new. It was a Russian satellite country up to the early 90s, so it's still a relatively new democracy. Um, uh, and, and so I think they're still, you know, learning. But they, they, the government is uh, that's in power today, and as well as the president is a businessman. They are pro mining, they're pro foreign investment, and they've really focused on that messaging for the last couple of years uh, by coming to PDAC for the last two years, um, sending the same message that we are open for business, and we are going to show you how you can uh, build and and have the government support uh, in country. And, and Step Gold is kind of the poster child for that. Uh, we are the next uh, company to be producing, and, and we're, we're the only ones building a mine at the moment. Uh, so I think we're kind of that poster child and in the spotlight to show how the government is supportive and how it is, how easy you can do business there. Yeah, it's brilliant to have a government that's supportive, especially when they're coming to PDAC and helping you put that message out there. Uh, Mongolia is still incredibly sparsely populated, though. I mean, do you find getting around uh, access to resources there, uh, water, power, etc., do you find that to be a problem at all? Not at all. Actually, uh, so uh, water, I mean, Sentara drilled uh, a few bore fields on, on our property. So we actually have uh, no issues on water. Uh, we're 20 kilometers away from the grid. Um, so our stage two, when we do build a CIL plant, we will look at different ways for power, um, different opportunities, whether it's a, a mix of grid, maybe some renewable energy sources, or potentially even a small coal plant that uh, the Chinese do uh, do that a lot, and they build these little smaller plants, and there's lots of coal. So uh, I don't think we see any issues there in terms of the infrastructure. Uh, I mean, it's we're right off a main road. Uh, if you see the pictures, you can see, uh, you know, we've we're, we're building a mine with no issues uh, at the moment, and uh, I think we can we can get to our phase two uh, CIL plant uh, without any issues either. But there, there are obviously more work to, to be done on that side. Sounds like a great place to build a mine, Anil. So how have you uh, performed in the last 12 months and maybe looking forward to the next 12 months? How do you hope to perform financially for your shareholders? Sure. So we, we actually listed at uh, $2 uh, 
at the end of May. Uh, it was a $2 unit offering. Uh, so it did come with a unit, a warrant, um, exercisable at 234. Our stock has dropped, uh, unfortunately, um, since the listing for, to be honest, a variety of reasons. I don't think much has to do fundamentally with the company because we are fully funded into production. So um, nothing has changed. And if you look at the uh, the amount of work that we've done and completed since the IPO in just six months, uh, you know, drilling 11,000 meters or so and, and had some very good uh, uh, hits uh, on those. Uh, not just the first time we found visible gold in the property, but there's some larger intercepts that show that the size and the grade is there uh, on a much bigger project. And of course, we're building a mine and what we think is going to come in at or under budget. So uh, from the financial side, the company is, is well-funded uh, into first cash on, on the stock price. I think that's just uh, the circumstances of the market at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, for a variety of reasons, people sell to move on to other uh, short, shorter speculative deals. Um, and some funds have had some liquidation issues. Uh, and small caps are the first guys that get hit, unfortunately. That trend seems to be quite common across the mid-tier companies or companies moving into production. If you look at Hummingbird Resources on the AIM, uh, Anaconda on the TSX as well, up in Newfoundland, they're struggling to, to hold their share price. Do you think this is a long-term problem uh, or do you think there'll be a recovery? I don't think it's a long-term trend. I think it's, uh, I think when when investors start looking at gold again, and, and this is where you know I think we've the, the audience has, hasn't been there. People have been looking at cannabis and crypto and, and, and other industries and, and sectors. And uh, I, I think as gold, which I think will start to shine soon, you're going to get the generalist investors back in the game. And I think that's where you're going to get the, the next leg up. Um, guys like us will just continue to grind it out and execute and create value for shareholders. And eventually it's going to reflect in the share price. And luckily we're not at the mercy of the markets to go raise and do a dilutive financing. And where is your main shareholder base? Is it mostly in North America or are you a bit more international? You mentioned you're coming to, to Europe next week and obviously you're based in North Asia. So uh, where is your main shareholder base? Sure, sure. I, I, we, have a, we have a decent mix of, uh, of shareholders from, from around the world. You know, I think uh, currently between 10 and 15 percent are held in uh, Australians' uh, hands. Uh, so we have, you know, Matt Wood is, uh, is an Australian. He's had success in the past uh, with ASX listed companies, including in Mongolia. So he, you know, he was a founder of of Hunu Coal, which was a twenty million dollar IPO on the ASX in two thousand and ten, and it was a uh, in two thousand eleven he sold that for half a billion cash, and put two mines into early stage production in Mongolia, and so he's he's had some wins there, obviously. So it's it uh, there's a following there out of Australia. We actually have probably about twenty to twenty five percent of our investors are from Asia. So Hong Kong, our lead investor and, and very large supporters, Lim Advisors, they were the cornerstone investor in the IPO. Uh, I think post-IPO, they even bought uh, an additional million and a half or so shares on the market. So they were, they were obviously a, a new supporter out of Asia. And then we have, out of North America, we have through Triple Flag and Elliott Asset Management. You know, that's, that's another large shareholder that's probably about 10, 15%. So there's actually a good mix around the world. And then out of Europe, actually, Zurich, we have uh, the group out of Zurich Invest, who are very, very good supporters of ours. Uh, them and their investors uh, or co-investors uh, are, are probably close to 10% of the company as well. So we're really kind of diversified in terms of uh, capital. So a high percentage of institutional investment at the moment. Yes. Like I said, I think the retail 
I mean, now is a really good time for retail investors to get in. One is they're getting in the cheaper than uh, than some very smart long-term money that came in at, well, I guess double to where we are today. Um, and they are long-term, so there's an opportunity and probably won't be for long to accumulate shares at these, at these very, very cheap pricing while we continue to execute ahead of a lot of more, a lot more milestones and catalysts and in just the next couple of months alone going right into Q1. Um, but yes, uh, it's nice to have the institutional support and, and now I think it's a good time to focus on the retail side and, and there will be some investors who will take some profits from the other sectors and probably look at where the, the good stories are, the guys who are funded and are, ex are executing and doing what they say. And I think that's what we're doing. And you're out and about all autumn bringing that message to retail investors at uh, some fairly large conferences. Where's the best place for anybody who's not going to be at those conferences to find out more about the company? Absolutely. So uh, our website is stepgold.com, S-T-E-P-P-E, gold.com. Uh, I think that's the best place. Uh, Haywood has recently initiated a research as well. And I think there'll probably be one or two more analysts covering the stock in the next three to six months. Um uh, and of course, uh, we're obviously building our awareness through uh, uh, obviously speaking to to people like yourself and, and, and uh, making the rounds at these uh, retail and institutional conferences. There's certainly a lot of those coming up. It's a pretty, pretty hectic autumn. Yes. So good luck on your travels, Anil. I hope you have a really good time in Europe. And thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us today. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Liam. So thank you very much, everybody, for joining us today for the Spotlight Mining podcast with Anil Vorech from Step Gold. You may or may not know we're on the road right now. This podcast was actually recorded uh, from the back end of a conference in London. We're going to be at Edelmetall in Munich starting tomorrow, uh, which looks like a really good schedule, followed by uh, Mining Investment London, One to One London, and then Mines and Money as well. So we're going to be in the UK. If you'd like to chat with us, we will be there. Say hello. You can join us next week to hear from Dave Patterson from British Columbia-based crowdfunding company Vested, who recently had success listing Cal Minerals to the CSE. So we look forward to hearing how they intend to change the way we invest in the future. So thank you very much for stopping by. I've been your host, Liam Hardy, for Spotlight Mining, and I hope we speak again. Have a great day. Cheers. This podcast was recorded by Liam Hardy for SpotlightMining.com. We ask that this podcast is not copied, edited or distributed without prior permission from the Spotlight Mining team. Today's music was provided by Derek Clegg. You can hear more of his work at www.derekclegg.com. You know you've always been a friend to me. I've struggled hard but I've failed to see.